I think everybody has doubts, and and I you know I was dyslexic when I was young, so I had a lot of problems with that, just learning how to read and, and keep up in school. But I didn't let it get in my way. That is the unmistakable voice of Mr. Wonderful from the Shark Tank. That's right, it's the Maple Man. He's a strong supporter of Canadian businesses. It's Mr. Kevin O'Leary. He's going to give us some great insights on how we can grow our businesses, whether they're big or small, on today's Super U podcast. So thank you for joining. One small step for man. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super you. This is your host, Eric Quam, and a lot of you know me as Equal Man. It's great to have you listening here today on the Super You Podcast, the podcast designed to unlock and unleash your superpowers on the world. And today we're going to get some insights from Kevin O'Leary. He's a best-selling author, but most of us know us from his time on the Shark Tank. He is a vegetarian. He's a fitness enthusiast. If you watch the show, you also know he's a collector of fine wines and art, and he's a licensed pilot that owns his own plane. So he's going to give us some tips on how we can grow our businesses so that eventually, perhaps, we can own our own plane, or at least we can fly private. For those that like to play the height game on this show, Kevin O'Leary stands 5 foot 10 inches and in Canada. So in meters, doing that quick conversion, it's roughly 1.77 meters. I was recently given the commencement address at Michigan State University. I know you've given some as well. I'm curious, going back, going back in time, going back to your college days, is there anything that really stands out as something that you remember, and most importantly, that you use to this day? I remember on the last week, um, the graduating class, and in those, it's, it's sort of like an amphitheater with about 100 people in it, and you've been there for two years, you've got your little nameplate in front, and they bring in guest lecturers to talk to you before you jump into the real world. And this guy comes in, and he says, I'll never forget it. He doesn't. He walks up, the, the, the professor hands him the floor, and he just goes in the middle and just looks up at everybody. It, it, for maybe like, it felt like an, it, forever, but it was really maybe 60 seconds. Didn't say a word. And the whole room, like you could have heard a pin drop. I'll never forget it. And then he, he says, you guys think you're so hot. You think that you've come here and you've got an MBA and you're going to go out in the world and you're going to rock and you're going to be incredibly successful. I've got news for you. For two thirds of you, the world is going to chew you up and spit you out. You have no idea what's going to happen to you. You are so irrelevant. You have proven nothing. You've done nothing. You think an MBA means something? It's worthless. And I remember the guy beside me, I'd been beside me for two years. I, I, and we were up in the one row down from the top so we could chat all the time. <laughs> Hide and, a little bit, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And so I said to him, Barry was his name. I said, Barry, this guy is such a... What an... What an... He is. What, what an arrogant... He is. Well, <laughs> guess what? He was right. He was 100% right. And the reason he pointed that out was the idea that 
your experiences make you who you are over time as an entrepreneur, as a parent, as a person, as whatever you are, as a brand, whatever you are. It's your experiences and how you deal with them that gives you that equity over time. And for many people, they can't make it. It doesn't work out for them. They don't have what it takes to take on the abuse that the world's going to throw at you. And just to give you full circle in a kumbaya, you know, circle of life, Lion King kind of moment. I got caught saying the same thing a couple of months ago at the Harvard MBA group. I And I realized I was saying the same thing that that guy said to me decades ago. I said to these kids, you're all think you're hot. You're Harvard MBAs. You are nothing burgers. You are nothing. And 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 so there you have it. What he really explained was the idea of experience and how you have to listen to your gut to navigate the bombs of your career. And you have to trust it. You have to trust your gut. Every time I've lost dough, every time, and I've lost plenty, luckily I've had more successes than failures, is when I didn't listen to my gut, which is my experience. And, and I should have, and he was right. He was absolutely right. It was great information, but I couldn't assimilate it because I couldn't put it in context. Now I understand it. So number two is, you need to build that experience and all the way through, listen to your gut. Even when you're young, your gut will tell you, you'll know when it's right and wrong and don't go against your in intuition. That is actually your radar. That's your DNA speaking to you, figuring out what the next move is gonna be. Trust your gut, trusting your gut's obviously very important, but obviously data is hugely important as well. So it's a combination of those two things. You've gotta trust your gut. We also got to look at as much data as possible. As an investor, what is, because a lot of the listeners here, they're starting their own company. What's the top question that you ask people that are seeking money? When you look to invest in a small business or a large business, what's the top question you're going to ask that entrepreneur? Well, um, there has been a change in investor sentiment regarding investing in small business. And here's what it is. Because of what occurred during the pandemic, this remarkable digital pivot I call it, you know, America 2.0, where companies that pre-pandemic, if you look at the pie chart of revenue, it would have been 50% through retail, 40% through Amazon, just another retailer, except you don't get the data from them, 10% your own website. That's completely changed. The successful companies that went through the pandemic, even Amazon went to essential goods only, if you remember, in February, March, April, and May of 2020. So those companies had to build out their own platforms and start acquiring customers. So if you look for an A round or a B round or a C round in a, in a small business now, and you go to the investor community and say, look, I'm looking for money, the first question every investor's analyst asks you, and we're no different, do you know your CAC, your customer acquisition costs? Do you know your attrition rate of customers? Do you know the lifetime value of that customer? And are you now past 50% direct to consumer? Because when you get past 50% direct-to-consumer, you get something more valuable than anything. You get data, your own data, size, preference, flavor, frequency of purchase, price point, regional disparities on flavors and all kinds of sizes and differences in people's preference. Just like the wine business, for example, what people drink in Florida is completely different than what they drink in Ohio. And if you're selling direct, which you can to 42 states now, you have that data. And that data is priceless. It's the new oil. Data is the new oil. So if your company can't analyze data, you're not collecting data, you don't even understand what I'm talking about, no chance in hell you're getting an investment. You're just going to go out of business because your competitors are so much better than you. That's what's different in the last two years. Data. Companies that know how to mine data and understand it, because that's the first thing we ask. If you understand your CAC, 
I can pour four, five, six million dollars onto it and grow the business dramatically because we already know I'm just pouring gasoline on the fire. If you don't know, we don't even read the deck. If you have a good business plan, you're right. You can just throw that gas on the fire. Now, when it comes to a life plan, do you feel it's important for all of us to have a life plan just as we have a business plan? Should we have a life plan? You have to have a plan in your life for what's going to happen to you when you hit your 60s and 70s and 80s and maybe by then your 90s because people are living longer all the time. How do you get a nest egg together? Well, the average salary in America is around $58,000. And so I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell. You have to start saving in your early years, in your 20s, 100 bucks a week, minimum, minimum. But it's not just the saving aspect. You've got to invest that money. So you have to take that $100 out of whatever your activity is, or you're going to start a side hustle. Maybe you're going to be a photographer. Maybe you're going to be a writer. Maybe you're going to do something else, a separate job where you can make at least you know, 100 bucks a week after tax, and you're going to invest it. You're not going to save it. You're going to invest it. Saving is what you have in cash. Investing is what you put into the market. Now, the market is a volatile thing is the first question, you know, made reference to. And when you invest in the stock market, what matters is diversification. You don't know which stocks are going to go up and down or when. You don't know which sectors of the economy are going to outperform the others. You have no idea. But if you look over a long period of time, what you see is a market, a stock market, that returns around 6 to 8% a year. And if you start to put aside 100 bucks a week in your early years, you're going to end up with, you know, if the markets do what they did for the last 100 plus years, you're going to end up with about a million and a half dollars when you're 65. That is really important. Yeah, I've done the research. I mean, it's really at 8%. That's what the S&P delivers to you over time. And so it's really just putting your money in there. And I, I usually invest in ETFs. These are, so it could be an ETF around regional banks or SPY, which is an ETF that tracks the S&P 500 or QQQ, which tracks the NASDAQ and those pay a dividend. So those are great things to invest in over time. Occasionally I'll pick stocks. I, for fun, I have 20% that goes to pick stocks. But yeah, he's exactly right. Put that money in just a ETF that tracks the S&P and you'll be good. Again, 8% per year, hard to beat. And what that allows for, it gives you some safety and it gives you some confidence. And that's always helpful because we always need to overcome self-doubt. And so, Kevin, do you have any advice for us when it comes to overcoming that self-doubt that we all have? I think everybody has doubts. And, and I, you know, I was dyslexic when I was young, so I had a lot of problems with that, just learning how to read and, and keep up in school. But I didn't let it get in my way. Uh, by the way, Damon also has dyslexia. Yeah. So, we, you know, these are things you have to start treating a different way if you're going to overcome them. But the way I look at it now is, um, okay, I talked about the lying thing. So I'm, I'm not going to lie to anybody. And, and that's going to cause me a, a various amount of problems. And, and, but I don't care. And then um, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm doubting a, an investment I'm going to make. Well, I've learned that don't bet the farm. In other words, only put up capital you can afford to lose. And, and then, then you know that if your assumptions are wrong, um, so I don't use debt, I don't have any debt, um, I don't want to have debt, I don't want to think about it, I don't want to owe anybody anything. But you know, if you're being honest with people and you're, and you're being diverse in terms of how you invest, it's, you want to win, of course, and you want to be successful. But you know, What's the worst case? I say to myself, 
if I can stay healthy and I can get some of these investments right and I'm enjoying what I do with the cooking, the photography, the music and all that stuff, what else can I do? Like, I mean, this is the way you're supposed to spend your life and then one day they turn off the lights, you take your watches and you go away. That's what happens. And that's gonna happen to me too. But at least when, when people look back, they'll say, well, the guy didn't lie to me. I made money with him and uh, he can cook some good stuff. I mean, I, you know, I look at it that way. You gotta be pragmatic. Mm -hmm. So I'm not that worried about, um, and this comes over time. I mean, somebody, somebody said to me, don't you worry what people think about you? And I actually thought about that for a while and I thought, no, I don't. I just don't. Yeah, I think I did and I think that really contorted me. I think as long as I'm telling the truth, I don't worry about it. I've said that countless times now, but why would I want to stress myself out worrying about what someone thinks about me? What benefit for either they or I is that energy? That's a complete waste of time. It is a complete waste of time. Sometimes it's hard for us to see that prescription we're inside the bottle. It is a complete waste of time to think about what others think about you. But again, that, that is easier said than done. But happiness does truly come from within. It comes from within. Easier said than done when you got critics on Twitter, on social. Very hard not to listen to that noise. The modern day sin truly is comparing yourself to others. And also what comes with that is listening to others' criticism of you. Now, if it's good feedback that's the best gift that you can get that's actually constructive feedback that's fantastic definitely listen to that try to seek that out as much as you can it is so hard to get that is a gift to get that constructive feedback that'll make you better but just this noise and criticism that could be coming from bots on social don't listen to that again easier said than done but just remind yourself that happiness always comes from within now kevin you've given us some great advice so far what advice do you give every entrepreneur or someone that's a job seeker? So it could be a job seeker, it could be just an entrepreneur. What's the top advice that you give to them? When you meet with people that can help you grow your career or get your objective done or help you with your mandate, think about it this way. Because this is advice I give to everybody that's trying to get a job or move up or even advance their own business. If you had 15 minutes with somebody you wanted to work with and you talk about yourself for those 15 minutes, that's a mistake. What you should be talking about is how you can solve problems for them. All the hires in my companies and the people I hire within my own, you know, venture capital firm and private equity firm are people that came to me with really short resumes, basically one line saying, I need to meet you because I'm going to solve some big problems for you and help you build your business a lot faster. That's it. I'm interested. I want to hear what you have to say. I don't care where you went to high school, what the name of your dog was. I couldn't care less. But if you've done some work and you can tell me how you can advance what I'm trying to do, you're hired. And then I'll give you six months to go prove it. Do that all the time and it really works. Think about that. Think about talking to people about how you can affect their outcome. Yeah, it's simple. The people that moved up on my teams, it's true. It's those that aren't bringing problems to me. Obviously, as a boss, you'll 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 help and, and take those on. But it's those that are proactively solving problems, that are taking things, making your life easier. <laughs> those are the ones that move up in organizations. So that's very, very good advice. I always like to say be persistent in the short term, but patient in the long term. What are your thoughts on patience? Hold back. You have to wait and see what happens. You have to let things develop. You can't just jam everything. It doesn't work that way. You learn that through experience, and it's so important that you, you understand you must be patient with people, you must be patient with plans, you must be patient with 
you know, everything. You, you can't get what you want right away. It just doesn't work that way. People that are patient are incredibly effective because in the long run, they get stuff done. You have to kind of sit back and assess things. That's what patience is. It's an assessment of your, of your situation. A lot of our listeners are doing well, but they're kind of stuck. Stuck from a standpoint of they're not 10xing their business. They're not 10xing their revenue. They haven't hit that hockey stick, so to speak, or they hit it a while ago and now they've plateaued and they're staying at that even level. Um, so they're doing well, but how do they take it to the next level? How? What's the most important thing that they can do to help them take it to the next level? And I know it, it's a tough question because everyone does different things, but at a, at a high level, kind of going back to first principles, what are most of these folks missing to take it to that next level? How do you get to the next level? You hire amazing people and you give them a piece of the upside. Very hard to do in a services business like yours, but not impossible. Scale is everything, you wanna get bigger. The only way you're gonna do that is expand beyond being just a one-man show. And that's tough, finding the right partners that should augment your skills. You know, If you're great at one thing like sales and marketing, get someone who's better in logistics or hiring people that can actually do more of these websites. I've always found in every one of my deals that made me money, it's the team I built. A fantastic team of people working together towards a single mission. The better the people, the more money I made. It's that simple. But I always gave up some to them so they were part of the story. And I always found, even if I gave up half, which I did in the case of the learning company, that outcome was $4.2 billion. So I was pretty happy with the outcome in the long run. It's all about team. It's really hard to do it on your own. And building a team, you have to build it slowly and find the right partners and then give them some of the upside. There you have it. Success is a team sport. That was Kevin O'Leary from the Shark Tank. You know, success doesn't happen alone. It's about surrounding yourself with the right people and then in your business, giving them a piece of that upside. So that's great, great advice. My favorite tip was if you've got 15 minutes with someone that's very important, don't spend that 15 minutes talking about yourself. Talk about 15 minutes, how you can help solve a challenge or an opportunity that they have. That's when you can turn that 15 minutes into an hour or turn it into a job or turn it into a business or turn it into a client. Uh, that's what it's all about. It's really about being a good listener and trying to figure out what is that person wrestling with and how can I help to possibly solve the challenges that they're facing? My hopes this podcast is helping solve any challenges that you have. Thank you for tuning in each and every week. It's all made possible by Amazon Prime. And it's also made possible by a great team here at Equal Man Studios. That's Kelsey Gomez, Jake Brin, and Maritza Gutierrez that help put this show together. So give them a shout out. When you're putting in those reviews on Spotify or on Apple iTunes, make sure, feel free to give a shout out to Kelsey, Maritza, or Jake. It's not possible without them, and it's not possible without you, our listeners. So thank you for tuning in each and every week. Don't hesitate to send me an email. That's equalman at equalman.com. If you have a question, we can answer it on the show, or if there's something you'd like to see more or listen to more, uh, let us know, and we always take that feedback seriously and adjust the show accordingly. So until next time, my hope is that you have the courage to wear the cape because you are a superhero. But also remember, it's not what we take from the world, it's what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. 